Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Welcome to the Bellator Christie Podcast, where we take Christian truth into the arena of ideas. Be sure to call in on the live podcast at 323-784-9617 to speak with the host, yours truly, Brian Chilton. We'll get started in here in just a few moments, but let's first take a brief commercial break. Southern Evangelical Seminary presents... The Defense Never Rests, the National Conference on Christian Apologetics, coming to Charlotte, North Carolina, October 13th through 15th, 2016. Come be equipped to defend the faith. This three-day event features over 100 sessions from more than 50 speakers, including many of the world's top Christian thinkers, such as Lee Strobel, author of many books, including The Case for Christ, Jay Sekulow, chief counsel for the American Center for Law and Justice, SES co-founder Norman Geisler, and SES president Richard Land, veteran apologist Josh McDowell, Frank Turek, Jay Warner Wallace, SES professors, and many more. Join us for America's largest and longest-running apologetics conference. Thursday is a dedicated day for women only. Register now and save. It's time to get off the sidelines and get into the game. The defense never rests. To learn more, visit ses.edu. Southern Evangelical Seminary. On campus, online, on mission. Taking up the sword of Christian theology and the shield of classic apologetics, this is the Bellator Christie podcast where we take uh, Christian truth into the arena of ideas. This is your host for the next 30 minutes, yours truly, Brian Chilton. And we thank you for joining us today on our podcast. Hope you're doing well. Uh, We want to um, uh, start off by reminding you about, uh, as the commercial just played uh, during our opening, we want to remind you about coming up this week, this Thursday, or excuse me, this Friday and Saturday, uh, there is the uh, National Conference on Christian Apologetics held down at Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, it's going to be a, a great uh, list. Uh, there's a great list of individuals being there, going to be there uh, for this uh, for this event. Uh, let me bring it up here. Uh, you know, there, Lee Strobel is uh, supposed to be at the conference. Uh, he's going to be headlining the conference along with Jay Seculo. Uh, and uh, many others. Let's take a look here. Uh, J. Thomas Bridges of SES, Norman Geisler, Gary Habermas, uh, Richard Howe, Hugh Ross, Sean McDowell, Josh McDowell, Richard Land, the president of SES, 
as we mentioned, uh, Jay Sekulow, Lee Strobel, Frank Turek, uh, Jay Warner Wallace, plus many more speakers as well. Uh, for instance, uh, Fuzz Rana of uh, RTB, AJ Roberts, uh, she'll be there. Richard Wykert, uh, I think I said his name right. Tom Woodward, Floyd Elmore, John Stewart, uh, Corey Miller. Uh, he uh, is an RP of uh, R. Is he, uh, I think he's a Ratio Christie director. Is that right? Uh, he's a president of Ratio Christie, two thousand fifteen. Um, and, uh, so he holds a PhD, uh, and so he'll, he'll be, he'll be there at the conference. He's supposed to have a topic of, uh, ethos and Christian apologetics, and so that should be really good there as well. So, uh, John Sanford will be there, Tim Brown, Barry Leventhal, a professor at SES, Brian Huffing, Huffling, another professor at SES, uh, Mel Winstead, uh, Joseph Berg, uh, Bergeron, Bergeron, a uh, medical doctor, he'll be there. David Geisler, son of Norm Geisler. Uh, Daniel Janosik, some of these names I'm having trouble with here. Uh, Doug Potter, Adam Johnson, Adam Tucker, uh, B. Kyle Kelts, Brian Henson, uh, Dave, Dan Britton, Cynthia Suffern, Kathy uh, N., Chris Van Osberg, Daniel Roberts, uh, David Glander, David Haynes, Dale Potter, uh, Eric Gustafs Gustafson, and I do apologize for messing these names up. Don Deal, uh, Diana Newman, Devin Pellew, we've had him on the podcast. He's going to be a speaker at the conference this uh, this upcoming week. Uh, Gerard Figurelli, uh, Glenn Pedruski, uh, Greg Walker, Harold Hansen, uh, Jim Damron, uh, Jeff Jackson, James Dew, Hillary Ferrer, uh, John Ferrer, Juan Valdez, uh, Catherine Camp, Kimberly Credit, uh, Mark Phillips, Marcia Montenegro, Kurt Wise, Kristen, da Kristen Davis, uh, Matt Schmidt, Nora Hale, Peter Frisch, Prem Isaac, uh, Robert Cornegay, uh, Richard Tompkins, Jay, uh, Ray Severo, Ray, uh, Raymond Margallo, uh, Rom, Rob Velez, Sarah Cripps, Sibu uh, Raj Rajapan, uh, Stephen Garofalo, Thomas McCuddy, uh, and just the list goes on and on and on. And on. Zach Turk, son of uh, Frank Turk, will be there. Uh, Joshua Drew Payne. Uh, Drew, he's been on the podcast several times. He'll be speaking there at the conference. And uh, Pastor Joseph and many, many others uh, will be there. Uh, let's see what Josh is or what Drew is going to be talking about. Uh, his topic uh, will be the Great Debate to Apologetic methodologies considered uh classical and presuppositional he'll be talking about that and uh, let's take a look what our good buddy um let's see here uh devin palu he'll be speaking on let's see what he, he'll be speaking on here the problem of evil how christian how christianity alone withstands so uh some great speakers just uh, looking forward to it. It's going to be a wonderful time, and that is again coming up this Thursday and uh, this Friday and Saturday. Uh, and there will be a special women's uh, conference on the thirteenth. So it actually will go th from the thirteenth through the fifteenth. And um, as you know, we've been we've been uh, I'm a promoter for this event, and uh, look, you know, just looking forward to this. It should be a great event. 
and uh, just proud to be able to be a promoter for this event. Uh, just a wonderful time. You'll have a wonderful time if you do not leave with uh, good with a lot of apologetic information. Uh, go after going to this event, then you just weren't paying attention. I mean, this is a, this is one probably one of the premier apologetic conference in the nation today. So I encourage you, if you haven't already, go by to conference.ses.edu to register for the National Conference on Christian Apologetics. And if you're going to be down there uh, this Friday and Saturday, I hope to uh, I hope to see you down there. If you uh, listen to the podcast or maybe read some of the articles. Uh, you know, be sure to be sure to let me know. I'd be, I'd love to meet you if that went down there. And so, uh, looking forward to a great event coming up uh, the latter part of this week. All right, let's jump into our podcast today. Uh, obviously, a lot of things are going on in our world that we could discuss. Uh, the <laughs> politics, uh, of course, this is not necessarily my genre. I have a good buddy named Shane. He he deals with those issues. But um, you know, there's a lot of poli- a lot of pol- political issues taking place in our day and time. Um, there was a second debate, pre- second presidential debate that took place yesterday, and um, you know, looking at the candidates we have, uh, we have really three, uh, th- really three candidates. I think there are four, but there are really three candidates. We have Donald Trump. We have. Uh, Hillary Clinton, and we have um, uh, Johnson, uh, who is a libertarian candidate, uh, who will be running. And so, you know, I, I'm looking at these three candidates, these three presidential candidates, and, and I'm left just, I, I can't help but think that uh, either way we go, uh, we, we, need, we need prayers for our nation. Um, Gary Johnson was the third. Was the Libertarian uh, candidate's name? Gary Johnson was the third. Um, but but we need prayer. We we honestly do. And you know I know that there are, there are some people who listen to this podcast who will probably die hard one way or the other. But but the fact is is that that we um, we are um, living in a day and time. Many people would say that we are are now a post Christian culture, and I think. Uh, while there are some areas that are that are very involved in, in in Christianity and uphold Christian values, I mean we're we're seeing rights being lost, religious freedoms being lost uh, day by day. Every year that passes, I mean it's actually taking place at at one of the at, at light speed. It's taking place at far faster than anyone could imagine. I mean. We're not even. We're, we're certainly not the same nation that we were ten years ago, but I don't even think we're the same nation that we were five years ago, or even maybe a year ago. Every year, it seems like things are getting more and more bizarre, and more and more berserk. So, there, there are a lot of people who are hot and heavy into the politics. I, I have some friends who who are on both sides of the aisle, and um, but I, I really believe that our only hope. Is not going to be found in an elephant, and it's not going to be found in a donkey. It's going to be found in the Lamb of God. And I don't say that to be cute. I just really mean I really mean that from the bottom of my heart. I think Christ is the only one who can save us from the from the shape that we're in now. And so, um, you know, we we need to pray that uh, that God's will would be done. Whoever the next leader of uh, of the free nation will be, 
because obviously the United States is the leader of the free nation. So uh, whoever the next president will be uh, will, will assume great responsibility, and, and it's a critical it's a critical election. Um, but now that being said, regardless who assumes the role, um, you know, I, I think we need prayer for our nation. And and I, I heard someone mention on social media the other day, and, and I think he's right. In fact, if you go back and listen to the very first podcast I ever did, it was back when it was called Redeeming Truth Radio, before it became the Bellator Christie podcast. I expressed my concerns on how there may be another national civil war. Well, this gentleman expressed the same concern that I did. He said, I, I feel that we're heading for another civil war. And I even mentioned the fact that there are many futurists out there who are saying that the United States could very possibly be broken into several different nations. Now, before you say, well, that's impossible, that would never happen, understand that uh, things like this have happened in the past, maybe not to the United States, but things like this have happened in the past, and the United States is not immune to it. Now, I love the United States of America. I love this land. I love this country. I think that this, this country is a wonderful nation and allows uh, people the opportunity to live to their potential when, when allowed for having the freedoms that we're supposed to have by the Constitution of the United States. But, uh, you know, that being said, you know, the, the, this, this nation is not promised to be an eternal nation. In fact, there's only one eternal nation, and that's the kingdom of God. So, saying all of that, I'm just, uh, as we, as the elections are getting, as it was assumed that it would be, very nasty. It, you know, it's the, the debates and and the uh, and I'm not just saying one or the other. I'm saying all of them, especially Clinton and Trump. You know, they're going after one another. You know, many political pundits, many political uh, com, um, com, uh, commentators have warned that this would be a nasty election, and so it has been. But we need to pray. We need to pray for our nation. Uh, only God knows what's coming. Only God knows what's, what will take place. But uh, by His will, by His grace, we'll make it through. And so we just definitely need to pray for our nation and that God would have His hand on us and lead us back to where we need to be. All right, uh, I want to jump into our uh, topic of choice tonight. And uh, I want to... I just finished reading a wonderful book by uh, Ken Keithley. Kenneth Keithley is the professor of systematic theology at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary in Wake Forest, North Carolina. Uh, he has written a book uh, called Salvation and Sovereignty, A Molinist Approach. And this was uh, actually a book recommended to me by my good friend um, Jason Klein who told me about this book, and uh, I, I told him on social media that I was uh, appreciative of the fact that he let me know about this book because it was a wonderful read, and I highly recommend it. I would give it uh, five stars to anybody who asked. It's a wonderful read. Um, and and in, that, um, in the book, he talks about some of the acronyms that we use. And let me just preface this by saying that when it comes to, to flowers, I have never been a connoisseur. 
In fact, on one Valentine's Day, I sought to be a good husband and bought my wife uh, some flowers. You know, the store where I purchased them, uh, the store from where, I'm, from where I purchased them had a, had a great deal. Uh, so again, thinking that I was being a good husband, I bought what I thought were roses. Unfortunately, it turned out that the flowers, which were thought to be roses, were actually tulips, which, is, which explained why the store had such a great deal on the flowers. My wife and I had a good laugh over my blunder, and while the tulips were nice, roses would have been much better. Now, like any other, like any other uh, field, theologians love acronyms. Calvinists from the time of the Synod of Dort have contrived a synonym or an, an acronym explaining the core concepts of Calvinism, and the acronym is known as TULIP. TULIP stands for the following. The T stands for total depravity. In a Calvinist understanding, this means that man is incapable of saving himself and is paralyzed by a sin nature, that he can't really do any good uh, in and of of himself. He must depend upon the grace of uh, God. It has to be someone else to bring him out of that. Uh, The U represents unconditional election, and this is to say that God has elected to save some and has elected to allow others to uh, be condemned. And uh, the L of the TULIP acronym stands for limited atonement, which stands for, which means, which is understood to say, that Christ only died for the elect and for not the world, and not for the world, uh, just only for those who were chosen from the foundation of the world. Irresistible grace, the I of TULIP, represents that stands for, that, for that, the concept that man does not have the ability to respond to the grace of God by himself. He needs the Holy Spirit to help him respond. Perseverance of the saints stands for the, uh, the, the idea that the elect will persevere in their faith. Well, the acronym holds some problems with many texts in the Bible. For instance, the Bible notes that a person can resist the Spirit of God even to the point of quenching the Spirit of God. In addition, there are several passages that indicate that God wishes to save all, even though not all will be saved. And for instance, there's a passage in uh, Peter where he says, It's not the will of God that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. Now, some will try to twist that and say, well, that all only stands for the elect of God. But that doesn't really hold water, especially in the fact when you uh, take a look back in the book of Ezekiel, where Ezekiel there uh, says, uh, where, where Ezekiel there says that, uh, or, or speaking for God, that God does not take pleasure in anyone in punishing or judging anyone. That he he would rather even these enemy nations come to receive to to receive him and to receive his to receive his salvation. Okay, so there are a lot of problems with with this. Um, so the the Bible also presents the idea of of to at least a degree of human free will, something that otherwise makes the law of God seem somewhat bizarre. Molinists, congruous Armenians, and even some Calvinists have adopted a better acronym to describe the truths of the Bible. Kenneth Keithley, in his book Salvation and Sovereignty, provides an acronym first presented by, first developed by. Um, Timothy George, who was actually a Reformed theologian. The acronym is called ROSES. Okay, Instead of TULIP, it's called ROSES. 
And it's interesting that George is a Calvinist and Keithley a Molinist, and they both agree that roses are much preferable to the acronym TULIP. This brings to mind a question. What does the acronym ROSES indicate? What does it stand for? Well, ROSES represents the following. The R in ROSES stands for radical depravity. This takes the place of the T in TULIP. Okay, radical depravity. Okay, radical depravity, as Keithley notes, is a more correctly more correctly emphasizes that every aspect of our being is affected by the fall and renders us incapable of saving ourselves or even wanting to be saved. In a quote, radical depravity allows for libertarian viewpoints, especially soft libertarianism, as argued by Keithley. Now, this is a pod, This is something I need to do another podcast on because there are about four different views of uh, determinism, varying ideas of determinism and libertarianism. You have hardcore determinism, you have soft uh, determinism, then you have soft libertarianism, then you have full-blown libertarianism. So there are four different models there. Okay, so radical depravity uh, allows for the idea that people have a responsibility to res- to respond to God. That, that, that there's this responsibility, but it, it, through it all, uh, and, and that maybe even could come from the idea that we're made in the image of God. But the varying ideas of determinism and libertarianism will be discussed in a future article, and we'll talk more about that then. But uh, soft libertarianism, you know, accepts the idea that that there are certain things in life, or certain things according to our character and who we are, that does play a factor in how we will respond to certain things, even given our free will to respond. So radical depravity, that's the, that's the first, uh, that's the R in roses. And then you have uh, O, which is called overcoming grace. This doctrine takes the, takes the place of uh, irresistible grace, the I of TULIP. Overcoming grace is the idea that God's continual calling overcomes the wicked nature of a person to allow a free response. Uh, Keithley presents in the book an ambulatory model which recognizes two fundamental principles. One, the monergistic grace of God, that is, God is the only worker in salvation, and that His grace, God's grace, is resistible. That is, God offers grace to all, but the difference is the rebellion of the believer of the unbeliever as contrasted with the reception of the believer. Then there's the S of roses, the first S of roses called sovereign election. And this takes the place of the U, the unconditional election of TULIP. And this doctrine affirms that God desires the salvation of all, but provides it for only a few. Okay? And what what this simply means is that um, that it's the will of God that everybody is saved, but gives people the freedom to respond to His grace, which He gives varying degrees of His grace to different people, which is one of the big things that separates the the congruist from the from the full blown Molinist. Okay, and in fact, I believe. The, the Molinism that Keithley presents is is very is more similar to the congruism that I understand uh, that 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 I have come to understand than than it was even um, the Molinism presented by even some others, um, but nonetheless, 
um, we, we, we see that, that it recognizes that God is sovereign, but it also rep- recognizes that human beings are given responsibility to respond to different things, to, re- to make decisions in life, to choose X versus Y, or to respond to God's grace, as, as we mentioned even, uh, in a, you know, even earlier. Well, the, the the big question is how is God sovereignty? How is God sovereign and humans responsible? Well, th- this goes along the lines of of Molinism and congruism and understanding the fact that God has three modes of understanding. There's one called uh, one called the natural knowledge, which indicates God's knowledge of all necessary truths. Uh, necessary truths are are things as the way they are. Uh, for instance. It's a necessary truth that a triangle must have three corners and three sides. Uh, it must. It's a necessary truth that a circle is round. Okay, so God has knowledge of necessary truths. What, um, what, what could be? You might say. Uh, God also has free knowledge in knowing what things will be. Okay, He knows the end results of things as they are. In, in the future. He knows how things are going to come about and come to be. God also has, according to the Molinist and according to the Congruist, what's called middle knowledge, which represents God's knowledge of what free creatures would do in certain circumstances. Even today in my devotions, I was reading a passage of Scripture where Jesus was uh, speaking to someone and and uh, was speaking to... Um, is uh, is actually after he had freed a demon possessed individual of of the demons the legion of demons that had uh, overwhelmed him uh the the gentleman wanted to come follow Jesus and he says no you need to go and you need to minister to the people in your area well uh, from what i have heard from what i have read archaeologically speaking uh, there was a an early group of christians in that area so there's a sense that Jesus had this middle knowledge, knowing what this man would do, uh, knowing the responses of the individuals that he would minister to, and knowing what would take place, a combination of all three of those things, so to speak. So sovereign election opens the door for that possibility. And then we come to the E of roses, which is eternal life. Uh, the doctrine of eternal life replaces the P of perseverance of the saints, of TULIP. And instead of claiming that the elect will be saved and persevere, meaning that there's a... And the way Keithley explained this, I think he had a good point. The way perseverance of the saints is often presented in classic Calvinism is that the person doesn't really know whether, they, whether they're going to persevere or not. So a person can never really know if they're, they are one of the elect, which leads some, to some neurotic doubts that takes place in, in the lives of many individuals as they, as they contemplate this. Even John Bunyan was presented, the author of Pilgrim's Progr- Progress, as being one who was tortured by this idea of not knowing whether he had assurance or not. And he presents in the book, uh, and this again is, is going to be the means for, uh, for a future podcast. There's a lot of material in here that we could easily cover uh, in some future podcasts. But uh, he talks about there being differences of opinion as it comes to the ideas of uh, eternal life and uh, things of that nature. For instance, there's, there are the ideas that uh, there's the idea that apostasy is possible uh, for non-elect believers, 
uh, non-elect believers may fall. Augustine thought that. Uh, that's He is attributed to that. This is also the classic Armenian view that apostasy is possible. Uh, Moody held that non-persevering believers will fall. Okay, uh, those, um, th- those, the, in other words, those who don't perse- persevere really weren't the elect, maybe so to speak. I mean, there's some there's some distinctions there, but we'll talk about that in the future podcast. And then there's there are also beliefs that uh, apostasy is not possible, or that a person's salvation is uh, genuinely coherent and not you don't have to worry about you know a genuine believer will not uh will not fall there's the idea of implicit universalism the idea kind of that everybody will eventually be saved there's uh and of course there are problems with that but they're once saved always saved by grace theological society that once you're saved you're always saved charles stanley holds to that view um and evidence of genuineness, and this is this is the 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 position that Keithley presented, that a person who genuinely has the testimony of the Holy Spirit and produces fruit in their lives, they're going to maintain they have the assurance of their salvation. There's also apostasy is threatened but not possible. Carson's irreconcilable tension is there. Uh, means of salvation by Schreiner and Kennedy. Uh, and middle knowledge, the middle knowledge view by Craig uh, is presented there as well. But he, but uh, Keithley presents the evidence of genuineness that if a person's really truly um, shows ex- evidence of the Holy Spirit in their lives and shows fruit of the Spirit, that's evidence of of a Spirit's work in a person's life. And in that case, uh, that the Spirit of God will, will help that person persevere uh, to the very end, which will lead into eternal life. Of course. In other words, it's, it's very similar to the once saved, always saved, but it's just a little distinction, and we just really don't have time to get into that on today's podcast. But th- that'll be a subject for a different podcast coming up very soon. Uh, the final S of Roses stands for singular redemption. This last doctrine uh, replaces the ale of limited atonement of TULIP. Simply put, singular redemption holds to, I think, a very good view that Christ's death was sufficient for the salvation of all, that Christ literally did die for the world, that the world could be saved, but efficient only for the elect who would be those who would respond to the Spirit's call. So when Christ died, he died for the world, that everyone could be saved, but that only those who would respond to his grace would be saved. So it's sufficient enough for everybody to be saved, but efficient only to those who respond to the Spirit's call. Okay, so all in all, I, I really truly believe that roses comes up smelling like roses. I think it's a much better acronym for the truths of Scripture than is TULIP. And as I noted before, I think even many Calvinists uh, would agree with this. Uh, Timothy George, the innovator of the acronym, was himself a Calvinist. So this acronym provides the ability to naturally accept the two fundamental truths provided in Scripture, in that God is sovereign, He's absolutely sovereign, and that people are responsible for their actions. Thus of the array of flowery acronyms that we have in theology. I have to admit, along with Ken Keithley, that I prefer the smell of roses to that of a tulip. Well, with that, we're going to uh, take a break. If we have any calls, we'll take them on the flip side of this uh, commercial break. If not, we'll conclude the podcast. 
This has been Brian Chilton. You've been listening to the Bellator Christie Podcast. As we say, remember, the truth shall set you free. God bless, and we'll see you back real soon. Southern Evangelical Seminary presents The Defense Never Rests, the National Conference on Christian Apologetics, coming to Charlotte, North Carolina, October 13th through 15th, 2016. Come be equipped to defend the faith. This three-day event features over 100 sessions from more than 50 speakers, including many of the world's top Christian thinkers, such as Lee Strobel, author of many books, including The Case for Christ, Jay Sekulow, chief counsel for the American Center for Law and Justice, SES co-founder Norman Geisler, and SES president Richard Land, veteran apologist Josh McDowell, Frank Turek, Jay Warner Wallace, SES professors, and many more. Join us for America's largest and longest-running apologetics conference. Thursday is a dedicated day for women only. Register now and save. It's time to get off the sidelines and get into the game. The defense never rests. To learn more, visit ses.edu. Southern Evangelical Seminary. On campus, online, on mission.